Being open is fundamental to liberal religion. Being open to more ideas, more possibilities, more people, more diversity, more of the world, and more experiences. This practice means not merely allowing more things, but also actively drawing in and inviting in more. It's not more for its own sake. That isn't exactly the goal, though certainly diversity is one of the values. But it is more for the sake of healing, truth, and growth. And that spirit of openness is premised on the creative potential and possibility of life. Humans have an amazing capacity to expand their identities and their moral imaginations. In the poem Outwitted, Edwin Markham expresses our expansiveness this way, and those of you who like rhyming poems will appreciate this piece. He drew a circle that shut me out. Heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle and took her in. Those four short lines embody so much of Unitarian Universalism's dreams, promises, and actions. Markham's words indicate something of how we can draw more in, how we do draw more in, because it's not about assimilation, it's not about accommodation, it's not about consensus, it's not about being right. It has to do with widening the circle, with growing the self, and growing the world in a non-coercive, non-violent, and non-shaming manner. Drawing a circle that takes the rebel parts in, even what has tried to shut us out, is a pathway toward greater collaboration, empathy, reconciliation, and respectful, critical engagement to do so is to, as Rainier Maria Rilke wrote, live life in widening circles that reach out across the world. We did this last night, those of us who were at the dinner, we saw this, right? We were at a gathering of the NAACP, Christians, Muslims, Jews, Unitarian Universalists. I didn't see any arguments. Anybody see any arguments? I didn't see any arguments. Doesn't mean we didn't disagree though, right? Taking in more, especially taking in more of the people and ideas that are most difficult for us, can sometimes, though, feel like a sacrifice or a compromise, like something we are doing purely out of some kind of selflessness or some grander, cherished ideal. 
And I think that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with a little sacrifice now and again, sacrifice for the greater good. But one way of reimagining that process that makes it seem less strenuous and perhaps less onerous is to think about the ways that widening allows us to expand our own understanding of the self, of who we are in the world and our place in the world. This expansion of self helps us to feel more at home in the world. And it also promotes what we say we value in the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. The eco-Buddhist and activist Joanna Macy says that religion teaches us to, and I quote her, expand the self in widening circles of identification. She says, you can learn to draw the circle of the self so wide that the body of earth becomes your larger body with the rivers like your veins, the rain forests your lungs. Through our desire to protect what we love, we can recognize our interconnectedness with all life, she says. Even in this moment in history, when it is sadly too easy to point to the perils and find ourselves absorbed in grief, dread, anger, and fear, there is also this truth that there is a growing collective awareness and a growing movement of people deeply committed to the survival of earth and all her creatures. Macy observes what she describes as the largest social movement in history, which she says heralds a basic shift in human awareness and motivation. And you use, I firmly believe, are heralds of that shift in consciousness and people who are keeping the spark of that hope alive. And if all that sounds really lofty, really idealistic, really optimistic, well, it is. That has been part of our Unitarian Universalist identity throughout our history. This is part of who we are and part of who we want to be. The Universalists in particular espoused a universal love and a universal salvation that had no bounds. The Universalist theology insisted that no soul was lost forever, no one beyond the reach of human and divine care. And if you have questions about the fairness and appropriateness of broadening the circle to include murderers and racists and rapists and abusers, I do too. I do too. And we live with aspirations and ideals that can be hard to reconcile in the day to day. And yet, we strive, and yet we strive to hold these ideals. The very real difficulty of holding open the circle to what we fear and distrust and hate most 
is the reason why Patrick Otuma makes a habit of listening each day and making space to be listened to as you heard him describing in that reading. He says he greets God by listening to whatever comes, whether it is chaos or burdens or love or being unloved. He astutely says that life comes with no trigger warnings. Things happen out of the blue. Something happens and suddenly with no preparation, you find yourself in the middle of something that you didn't wish to happen. And isn't that exactly the moment our faith is preparing us for? The moment when we need to reach deeper into ourselves than we imagined possible, drawing on our religious principles and enacting our faith? One of the stories that Otuma tells indicates what is possible. Now, Otuma knows something about conflict and its resolution. He is the community leader of the Corrymeela community in Northern Ireland. Corrymeela is a peace and reconciliation organization that has been in existence for over 50 years. The community offered refuge amidst the violent troubles in that country up until the 1998 Good Friday Agreement. Otuma describes a situation in which he was curating a two-day dialogue in Ireland. There were about nine to ten people in the group. These, he said, were people who were deeply cautious about lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans people. Otuma is gay. At the end of the two days, one of the men who described himself as a fundamentalist said this. He said, I have a question for all the homosexuals in the room. Anybody having a reaction? Otuma says he wanted to say that we don't like that word. But instead, he waited for the question. Because the man said, I have a question. And the question was, I want to know how many times since we've met together in the last while have my words bruised you? One person quickly jumped in to say, you're lovely, you're nice. But the man wouldn't have it. He insisted he wanted to know the truth. And he said, don't patronize me. How many times have my words bruised you? And one person started to count. One, two, three, four. I'd given up after the first hour. And then the man who asked the question invited others to help him understand. He said, 
Are you telling me that it's painful for you to be around me? And one person said, yes, yes. Can you imagine? Well, just as startling, I find, is Otuma's conclusion. Otuma says that he, Otuma, was converted by this man's capacity to ask questions. Otuma says, I want to be someone like him. Someone who says, tell me what it's like to hear the way I talk because I need to be changed. Incredible. As I reflected on this story, I... I realized that being the one who is willing to hear another person, being the one who listens to the questions and tries to hear, to genuinely hear the other person, is closer to where I am by training. As a minister, I have had to have a lot of difficult conversations with people, conversations I sometimes wish I did not have to have. I have had to listen to people share ideas and beliefs that were hard to hear. Sometimes I've found myself debating them in my mind and sometimes debating them in the conversation. Mostly like Otuma, I try. I try to wait and allow the other person to be curious and to make discoveries for themselves, to ask the questions Sometimes I leap in too quickly. Sometimes I'm not ready for the encounter. Restraint and spaciousness can be so exhausting. And yet, it's so much more healing and so much more instructive and so, so much more human than pushing opinions and insights and correctives on others. Though I have to say that that leaping in, it feels so gratifying in the short term, doesn't it? It feels so like we just have to get that, get that word in. We just have to get our opinion in. We, it seems so much more expeditious. But rarely does it work out well when we just jump in without giving others space. And Otuma points to a truth that I have experienced, too. I have been changed by those who were willing to risk asking those really incredibly, incredibly challenging questions who wanted to change, who were willing to hear the way they talk, 
I don't know about you, but the idea of asking someone how many times my words had bruised them scares me. So the other side of that dialogue is being that person, that person who's willing to step up and ask, is it painful to be around me? Asking that is just a, a huge risk. Because in that moment, in that moment, there's that possibility, the negative possibility of shaming, of linguistic violence and retaliation, and such potential for healing, such potential. And that's why we create spaces in this community where we can practice listening and practice being listened to so we can ask hard questions of one another. That's part of the reason that we have smaller conversation groups whether it is our People of Color Caucus or the LGBTQ Caucus or a group discussing a racial justice book or a group meeting to engage in spiritual practice and exploration, these intimate circles of trust make it possible to take those risks and to listen in ways that might otherwise not be possible. It expands the circle of who we are. These learning spaces can help us break old habits of communication, can help us learn to trust that growth can happen, to help us learn to be careful with our words and to be willing to take risks with our words in order to grow. Our readiness to hear one another and to be heard it's such an opportunity to expand our identity and to grow our knowledge of ourselves. The truth is the most, that most of us want to be able to do that. We want to be better understood. We want others to know us and to help us hear ourselves into being. Unitarian Universalism teaches us that we have the capacity and the ability to be open to these ever-widening circles of experience, relationship, existence, that it is possible for us to live well together on this planet, and that we can experience those moments of genuine truth-telling. We do this moment by moment, day by day, striving to approach life with an attitude of curiosity Sometimes something magical happens, and sometimes it falls apart. And when it does, we try again, because that's who we are, those optimistic, hopeful people. I have to admit that I'm not entirely certain that all differences can be bridged. I don't know if dialogue can solve 
everything, or that we can all truly understand everyone else. I don't know if that's possible. Maybe some gaps of belief and experience are too monumental. But I do know that I'm willing to try. Because in the end, it's possible to encompass more than we may have thought possible. More truth, more life, more love. And yet to know there is always more awaiting us. In that space, as Otuma says, we greet God and we greet the God who is more God than the God we greet. In that space, we more fully inhabit our identity and create space for others to inhabit theirs. And still, we reach out yet further to the places of our greatest unknowing. The prospect that our discovery of the divine, of each other, of new worlds within us and beyond us is ever in process. There are ever wider and yet wider spheres of truth and beauty to be discovered. And this, this openness, this spaciousness, this possibility infuses our lives with wonder and hope and gratitude. May it be so. Amen and blessed be.